Good morning. It's Thursday, May 19th. Paul's about to head to VCon. We're talking Elon is angry and a whole bunch of other stuff. Let's go. Everywhere I go, the people really want to know who I All the things. You know what's really cool about this? Well, first of all, I'm in the natural, like, I'm in my home office light right now. So if you're watching, you realize, like, Kyle's hat and his shirt are, like, have a very deep tone to them and mine have all this like residential uh, yellow to it yeah but it's like kind of like a off off black type color yes yeah it's it's a soft black Um, black. you when you're introducing the show now i understand why you have time to make so many faces yes like like, that post yesterday killed me if you're not on our instagram go check out automotive state of the union and you can see the many emotions of kyle mountsier all in one post brady bunch style that's exactly it. Yeah, I, I showed my wife, and she was like, "That's about accurate. That's she, how yeah, all like, conversations this is with a you go." Day in my life, right? <laughs> <laughs> it is amazing to, is to see that at once because I guess you just kind of get used to it. But there you go. Exactly. I mean, like, uh, so I'm on my way to VCon as soon as literally the stream is over. I'm heading to the airport to head to Minnesota uh, for the VCon. Uh, I am going to try to bring as much of that back to you as I can, as usual. So uh, probably the best I'll be posting on LinkedIn, but probably the best way to follow along would be my Instagram stories. And uh, I'll try to try to try to bring some of the innovation from outside automotive. Yeah, that's super exciting. Yeah, because here's the thing we have over the last week just been packing in our schedule with conversations about what we kind of started to announce yesterday, which was which is a SoduCon. And we're starting to have like some deep conversations with collaborators across the industry that are that are hoping to help us collaborate and bring something new and fresh to the industry. And what's really cool is every conversation that we get and and we start having uh, these like conversations with potential uh, sponsors or people that want to attend the event or that might speak is there is this mode of collaboration. We were actually talking yesterday. It's this idea of, Oh no. Yeah. If, if, if the sky is kind of the limit and, and the, you know, there's no preset notion of what this is going to look like. Uh, Hey, let's feed into this. Let's dive in and let's, Oh, if this could look this way or this could look this way. So it's all these different ideas coming from a bunch of different people. And what it's doing is like enhancing our ability to serve the automotive community. So that's what I'm excited about. Without a doubt. Hey, look, if you're interested in being a part of the collaboration for a SOTUCon, hit us up. Just send an email to crew at asotu.com. Every conversation we had yesterday with industry partners was like, how would we do this best? And there's not going to be a ton of room for everybody. We have limited uh, partners, but we want to make everyone super meaningful and, and kind of figure out the best way we can serve them so they can serve the industry and so on and so forth. If you're a dealer and you want to go, we, again, we're going to have limited tickets, but this is going to be a real event. Uh, you can go to asotucon.com and sign up on the cheesiest website you'll ever see because ever. we were just like, we need to get this live. So if you just want to see a cheesy website, just go to asotucon.com exactly. and, and we'll make We'll make it happen. Dude, there was so much to talk about this morning. We didn't know what to include in the show and what not to include. It was like, so there's 38 headlines that we could go after at this point. Oh my. Sometimes it's just like crickets. And and like this morning, logging in, we're just like, we could talk about that for 20. We could talk about that. This show could have been 12 hours long. Easy. Yes. Easy. Easy. So so we we just curated three that we thought uh, were relevant and they're not all doom and gloom because not everything is crashing everybody. That's, I know, exactly I know it's hard. Right. Like if, if you're in the stock market and crypto, it's hard not to be glued to it and think, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. But guess what? Recessions have come and gone. Now, having lived through one and been in business actually through one in 08 
you gain, you start to realize why the best operators just do so great through a recession Without a doubt. because they're not, because they're not freaking out. Yep. Right. Yeah. There's not, we're not, we're not in a recession yet, but if I were to bet, man. Yeah. I most would. people, most people are saying like, it's coming. It's just a matter. It's a matter of when, not if type. It's thing. the counterpoint of inflation. So it's like, look, you can't, you can't stop inflation without a market contraction. Right, exactly. Well, and I think that the smartest, savviest business operators and owners and, and all of that are just going to continue. I mean, here's what's really cool about this. We've had a period of two years of pivoting at every instance, right? It's like every month, every two months, there is a massive pivot that has to happen in order for you to have to engage a new market dynamic. And this is just, if you just perceive it as a new market dynamic, it just takes a pivot and our industry is great, well set up point. to pivot. And so think like, like as it's coming, think financial, okay. it's like, uh, like it's like physical conditioning, right? <laughs> when your body is, <laughs> it's that home internet. There when, you when your body is ready to move, right? Because you've been doing the conditioning and you've been doing the stretching and you've been doing the, the diet, right? It's like, you're just ready to move whatever comes your way. I feel like automotive is like built for this. Exactly. Exactly. Um, well, speaking All right, let's talk of some getting stories. moved. Segway. That was a cheap one. That was a cheap one. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> well, you just wanted to press the button. <laughs> I had to press the button. I'm like, <laughs> I got to control the buttons just today. just want to press the button. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Tesla, um, a like literally, they have solar panels and EVs gets kicked out of the ESG index yesterday. So if you don't know what the ESG in index is, essentially it's a it's a um, index of the companies that are being the most environmentally, socially, and governance, and so like the way that they're operating their business, uh, kind of healthy, and the way that um, and the way that people are seeing the investment in their company as a future state, and so. Uh, it was quite interesting to see that Tesla was moved out of that top list. They actually finished. They actually, it's not in the show notes, uh, by the way, in the podcast and we have the show notes. So if you want to go back to it and catch links, they're there. So Tesla actually fought, uh, finished in the bottom quartile. And so Elon Musk is upset, right? Because this is like, it's, it's a, it's kind of a guiding principle where you can, you can make investments based on people who are being, you know, so-called environmentally friendly and things like this. And Elon tweets out, Exxon is rated top 10 best in the world in environment, social and governance. While Tesla didn't make the list, he said it's a scam. It's been weaponized by phony social justice warriors. Um, so the ESG is obviously there. There are some substantive, you know, substantive metrics, but there's also a lot of variable in there, a lot of opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, so even like big investment firms like BlackRock have said they're going to stop paying attention to it because um, of the arbitrary nature of it. So but basically low carbon emissions, like they cited that Tesla's out because of a low carbon emissions plan, uh, labor compl complaints and some ongoing compliance investigations, you know, from accidents and things like that um, in the top 10 Exxon. Amazon was also there, despite um, obviously you've heard about yeah, a few labor uh, disputes in the couple, Amazon world things and JP Morgan right. is also on the list who happens to be the largest lender to fossil fuel, the fossil fuel industry. So, um, you know, while Musk is over here saying, and I quote, Tesla has done more for the environment than any company ever, you know, right. <laughs> okay. So that's interesting because I think that, you know, 
when you think about the end product and what it does for the environment, that's one thing. But I think what we're starting to see. Well, that's even a debate, right? Right. It's a debate. But we're starting to see like these, the companies that have been doing this for a long time, the whole trail of like through the employee relationship, through the aggregation of some of these, you know, like, uh, like taking care of fossil fuels and just the history to be able to make those decisions at scale. Mm. I think actually are doing these companies are doing a lot more than what we maybe realized. And because of the type of fuel where we were like hedging bets or making decisions. And I think that we're seeing that in the EV world, especially with things like how to acquire all of these raw materials that are needed for batteries, where they're coming from, what's necessary from an environmental, how they're timed, right? Yes, exactly. The conditions and how they're mined, you know, I guess if you, you know, thinking about a little bit more critically, you know, say you're Exxon Mobil, right? And, you know, what you do is drill holes in the grounds and extract oil. Right. That's your business. Yep. Right? I guess you could make a substantive improvement, right? Like you can't change it. That's what your business is right now. But you can make a big difference in how you do that, right? Yep. Which would, you, I guess, reduce the negative impact, not necessarily produce a positive impact, right? Like by reducing the negative impact, it would kind of in turn be a positive impact. Sure. But I don't know. Whatever it is, I'm sure... There are no politics involved whatsoever. None. At, no, there's no money, no lobbying, <laughs> nothing no lobby. like that. I'm yeah, sure none absolutely of that. not. No. It was completely but, objective and clean. Yeah. But we thought it was relevant to talk about, right? Because obviously Tesla's in the news a lot. Um, Elon Musk is in the news. And without, without a doubt, like it does affect the perception of the auto industry. It does provide opportunity for um, traditional OEMs to really step up and carry the torch and you know like everything like media and pop culture is an opportunity right it's always moving in a direction and you just have to figure out like understanding the lanes that people are running in help you understand like how you can position and move to to serve the customer best and in this case uh serve kind of the planet the best so thought it was worth talking about and look who doesn't like this is super it? random but <laughs> i i'm just having this mindset like we typically say and we're gonna i'm gonna flesh this out on some other thing maybe it's a linkedin post i don't know but we keep saying like legacy oems and traditional oems mm-hmm. i just wonder if they were in the room if they would feel good about that i don't know i don't know maybe not and maybe we need to reframe that because I think that they are challenging that perception. How would you categorize them? I don't know. That's what I'm trying to figure out in my head right mm-hmm. now in real time. Right. I, yeah. I mean, legacy is pro- – I'd rather be legacy than traditional, I think. Right. Um, because traditional, you know, implies a, a mode of operation when right. legacy just implies, like, timeline. Time. Right? I've been here. Interesting. We'll call, that, we'll call them reinventing OEMs. Reinventing New OEMs, OEMs versus – Currently reinventing OEMs. Ah, little, yes. Little See, I think, that, I think that that's the, how I brand it. You know right? what? I think that's the way that the OEMs would want to be considered. And I think that's for the retail feel, side of the industry, actually, that's a better, better like mode of perceiving them. Because then what we do is we actually like push that out into our communities as well. And that's necessary from the retail side and the dealership like side. That. To have that perception, so a reinventing I think, OEM I think we're going to reinvent that type of uh, that. That's type a of good idea because actually they have a lot more experience. There to you go, go. <laughs> right? And it's better. It's like the Exxon. It's like Exxon has a lot more experience to shift and move and organizational structure to be able to change what they're doing. There you go. All right, and let's keep going. One. We got more news to talk about. We got two more things. I uh, this this one next one is interesting. Is um, there are studies coming out where, and we talked about this in our email the other day, that the majority of Americans are still above water um, from the perspective of like they're making advanced payments on loans, whether that be homes or 
auto. Uh, so they're in equity positions for the most part in, in their major purchases. Well, it doesn't say in equity positions, actually. Right. It's that they're paying above the principal. Right, sure. Which in, cre- sure. which in credit cards is pretty common, but in auto, it's not so common. Right. right. It's a good sign when people are paying, you know, more than their payment toward their principal. Yes, exactly. However, it looks like the subprime credit cards and personal loans over 60 days late are rising faster than normal, according to this new credit report from Equifax. Um, and so they've the the delinquency on subprime car loans and leases have hit an all time high in February, uh, which is an all time back to 2007 since they've been tracking it. Um, but I think that that's a very interesting case to see like that part of the market swinging quicker than the prime side of the market, right? Which is where Mm -hmm. things like inflation, rising prices, um, rising prices of consumer goods as well as high-priced goods start to impact that that capacity for purchasing a lot quicker, right? Yeah. I mean, we're still in an overall, the reports show, it was almost like dueling reports. We have them both linked up. But one is saying like, hey, we're actually doing really good. Everyone's making their payments. The indicators are high. However, when you break that down into subsets, you realize that the subprime uh, community is actually suffering fastest from mm. inflation, which makes yep. sense, right? Makes Less disposable income, right? Less available credit. So the gas prices, the vehicle prices, right? Everything that's going up is all of a sudden starting to pinch. And during the pandemic, that never happened because there was so much stimulus money being pumped into people's pockets yep. and pumped into people's savings accounts. And this is an indicator that inflation's hitting them. And now those are starting to run out. So, um, you know, the average balance of new auto loans is actually up 15% over a year ago. So, um, you know, we know that that's trending. Like the average monthly auto payments up 13% from last year. So again, we're seeing more of this affordability squeeze. And I guess it makes sense that the subprime market would show the first indicators of it. So for those of you listening who have a subprime business, right, you're probably going to be saying like, yeah, I felt like this was the case. And now you're going to start seeing it's the case. This is likely going to spill over into the entire market. Um, and again, part, part of the, the market correction, this is part of what has to happen in order for inflation to slow down. So, um, just keep your heads up, right? Again, affordability. We've talked about it several times over the last few weeks. It is going to be a primary issue. So I think the brands and the companies and the dealerships that start moving to that now will be ready to fire and ready to serve that community just even a little bit better. Yeah, exactly. All right, we got one more, and you got to get on a plane. This is a fun one. This is a really fun, a fun one. one. And so Adidas has built a new headquarters, and uh, it was designed by a San Francisco-based studio, O plus A, uh, with lever architecture. And the interesting yeah. thing, yeah, I, first of all, really interesting I don't know name, how to say it. Right. <laughs> uh, maybe it's O&A, and they just the plus O&A, who knows? License. Right? But... <laughs> It's really interesting how they've built in flexible textures and lines, and they are alluding to the overall brand in the spatial recognition. But the core strategy was about how do we create spaces where collaboration is encouraged? And I think that we've been talking about this in the automotive industry uh, a lot, and we've got a couple of the pictures up here, um, but you can see it like these, there's so, bleacher well, spaces. Well, if you can't see it. Yeah, let's explain it for a second. Go back to that last picture, Isaac. So um, what, what we're seeing is large displays on fairly empty walls and basic construction. So you have a lot of concrete, uh, textured walls, graphics, and like wood beams. There are bleachers with someone like doing a little presentation or group meeting. You can keep pivoting through it, through them, Isaac. It feels you like know, high just, school. <laughs> I, that kind of... <laughs> 
got him. Well, I don't know what high school you went to. That doesn't feel anything like my high school. This feels <laughs> a lot like, not literally if you if you walked through the halls of my high school, this is like how the high school looks and feels. It's very I went to, very I went interesting. To bougie high school. Yes, I did. <laughs> I, thank you. So yes. so there's a lot of wood beams, but they focused on textures, graphics heavy, and the reason we included this story is because the return to work conversation in auto, we're kind of outside of it a little bit because we right. never really shut down. Right. We never shut down. We just kept going to work. But for the rest of the world, we're saying is return to work going to happen? Right. A lot of our consumers are dealing with this and a focus on collaboration and spaces to bring people back and to give people like a different way, a more flexible way of thinking and operating. And from a brand standpoint, making the space feel like your culture is so yes. you know obviously it's a sneaker culture there are no logos anywhere so you don't see like the adidas three lines everywhere but Just what so you do see is sneaker textures fabric yes. and textiles and so you know we Gyms, thought it was cool to, uh you know things fitness. like you would see you know the the reason why there's bleachers is because they're a sports brand right so they're 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 enabling that like perception of our brand is is where we're living every single day yeah, and, and I think that dealers across the country, this is an underutilized tactic yes. and strategy to push your values deeper into your organization. I know that OEMs have regulations and we have image programs and there are things, but there is flexibility within that. There's flexibility within spaces you create where if you're intentional about it, you actually have a space, a physical space working to build your culture, which actually works to serve your customers better, which actually works to just improve your business all the time. And so we like to take those things from, say, what the most progressive people are doing, not to say you have to go and build like a soccer field, but that would be awesome. That would be cool. That would be, yeah. that'd be awesome. We wouldn't, we wouldn't disagree <laughs> with that. Actually, that's probably something you could do. Get a little land, little community soccer field. We, we Kyle approves of that. You may or may not find me there, right? <laughs> <laughs> hold it, hold some exhibition games like we're just biz devin now. No, but really, but the, the space that you are in is a very uh, underutilized piece. Not not like, hey, this is about like Toyota or Honda, but this is about what you're about from a culture standpoint and design spaces that do that for people. So there you go. Look, Those are the three very most important things. <laughs> that's all we've got time for today. Hey, walk around your space today. Walk around it with your people. Think about how you might actually use that as an impetus for better culture improvement.